Hey, thanks for joining us for the Celebration Church podcast. I have a quick announcement before the message starts. Starting February 16th, we're beginning our new service times at 9 a.m. and 1045. I encourage you, if you're in the area and you're looking for a church family, come join us Sunday mornings and we'll have the doors open, coffee ready, and we'll save you a seat. We'd love to have you and get to know you more personally. Well, now on to today's message. Talk about intense. Um, I was, the whole time you were out here worshiping, I was waiting for my wife to get here because uh, the seam in my pants blew out last service, and uh, she ran home to get new pants. Come on. I was preaching so hard, I blew my pants out. So, ah! She got here just at the end of the second song. I was like, thank you, Jesus. Uh, you have you have showed up, and uh, <clears throat> but it's it's good. You know, it's it's that um, we're actually this whole idea of hallways. We're talking about those transition periods uh, between where you were and where you're going. Uh, you know, like the time when uh, you're backstage behind the, and, and you're changing your pants, like right in between. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like this awkward moment where you're just praying to God that nobody uh, shows up in the back of the church. And um, uh, but <laughs> but these uh, these moments are interesting. These times of the year and. Um, how many people uh, you got your fill of of, of pies and and, and uh, pecan pie, apple pie? Anybody? Come on, that's good stuff, and um, and that's what we're doing. This is uh, you you've showed up at the beginning of the year, so you've really you've gone to church every Sunday this decade, and you should feel pretty impressive. Uh, that's quite the accomplishment. Um, <clears throat> It's, it's, it's fun, just this, this idea that uh, the last two or three weeks, we've done everything that we're going to resolve not to do, right? <clears throat> like every bit of snack food that we're like, in January 1st, we're like, I'm not eating that garbage anymore. But like for the last three weeks, we've been eating every bit of it we can find, right? Like we're like, I'm going to go to bed on time every single night, January 1st. But until then, I'm going to binge watch everything on Netflix, uh, till three in the morning. And it's, it's, it's impressive to me how we, we kind of do this. Um, we, we just go crazy on all the stuff that we don't want to do just before the year begins. Um, and, and there's, there's people that we, we do these, these resolutions. How many people, um, you made a resolution this year? Okay. I got a couple. How many people have already broken a resolution this year and you just didn't raise your hand the first time because you already broke it. There we go. How many people have given up on resolutions altogether? There we go. Come on, I got some honest folk. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, the, the deal is um, resolutions are hard, uh, but and they're good for us. It is good for us to change. And I, I think it's not healthy for us to finally say, you know what, I'm just never going to try to change again. Uh, everyone just accept me how I am. But the truth is, instead of resolutions that, direct our be- that address our behavior, what we really need is a change of heart on the inside. What we really need to address is not what we do, it's who we are. And so that's why as a church, uh, kicking off every year, we do 21 days of prayer and fasting. Um, I, I just think it's important for us to, to just dig in and, and not making a resolution you're going to fast for 365 days, but just make a resolution or make a commitment that you're going to get involved in, in getting into the things of God for, for the next month. 
You can outsource a lot of things in your life. You can get online and you can have someone deliver food to your doorstep every single day. Like, you don't have to cook your own food. Ah! Like, you can, you can outsource, like, uh, uh, the clothing you wear. There's companies you can, you can call or you can contact and you select your style and they'll send you a box of clothing and you choose what you want and you send the rest back. Like that. You can outsource a lot of things in life, but there's one thing you cannot delegate and it is your walk with God. You can't have someone else drop your walk with God off at the doorstep every single morning. Your walk with God is 100% on your shoulders. Uh, You're saved by grace. You're you're in his hands. But I'm saying the level of commitment, it comes down to you. It's on your shoulders. And so uh, as a pastor, that's why I want to lead you through 21 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, for some people, that looks like fasting Facebook. For other people, maybe it looks like fasting, uh, playing modern warfare every single night. And for other people, what that looks like is fasting food or, or something else. I, for me, it looks like food. And, and I would actually encourage you um, to try to fast food at, at some point during the next 21 days. And if your doctor says, like, their doctor's like, don't do that. That's a bad idea. Then don't do that. Don't, don't fast food. But I, I will tell you this. The majority of our diseases as Americans come from the food we eat and the amount of food we eat and what's in the food we eat. And there's a lot of science behind the benefits of simply fasting and not eating. Thank you. And so what I would say is this, like if, if the idea of fasting is a little much for you, like I, I would just do a couple days, do an, a meal here, a meal there, um, but join us because I promise you, if you'll join me in, in this idea of fasting and praying, that you will, you will feel better than you felt in years and you will grow in your walk with God more than you've grown in years just through praying and fasting. And if you're like, I don't know, the spiritual benefits don't really seem to really do that much for me, then get online and Google intermittent fasting. And then you're going to be like, oh, I'll do it for the health benefits. And uh, so you go ahead and do that. And uh, that's okay. We'll just get the, instead of the health benefits on the side, we'll get the spiritual benefits on the side. And that's fine. But um, that's what we're doing. We're also, we have this book available. It's called Pursuit. It's by uh, Pastor David Patterson. Um, that we're making available to everyone. Uh, you know, if you're a family, you can probably share it. But what we're doing is we want to make these available to you to, pro- to read through this book with us as a church for 21 days starting tomorrow. Um, and we, we had a little glitch in the ordering process just with the New Year's and, and all of that. So uh, about a third of the books showed up and the rest are going to be here tomorrow. So uh, there should be some available at the, the booth in the back. If there aren't any available at the booth in the back, let them know and we will deliver them to you tomorrow, okay? So you can get on, on this book. Um, and it's just going to be a good time. The other thing we're doing is um, I'm just encouraging everyone to read through the Bible. Imagine that, a preacher asking people to pray fast and read their Bible. Like, I thought it was going to get three trips, uh, three tricks to a better life. No, like, pray fast and read your Bible, and you will have a better life. I promise. <clears throat> so, um, so we're going to read through the Bible together as a church. We're, we are doing the Solid Life Bible Plan in the YouVersion app. So uh, feel free to download that app and, um, and find that plan, and we're just going to go through it together. It'll be good for you. And even if you miss a couple days and you pick it up later, it'll be good for you. Um, it, it'll be good. <clears throat> All right?
Have you ever found yourself uh, saying things that your parents used to say to you? My, my dad used to, he used to say this. Um, he said, uh, Roger, you need to smarten up. You need to, you need to smarten up. And I don't know what that means because it doesn't even, it's not even like proper English. The reason it's not proper English is he learned it from a, 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 sh- a short Frenchman that went to our church named Brother Bert. And, uh, and Brother Bert had really broken English. He'd say, you need to smarten up. You need to smarten up. And so, so my dad would always tell me, Roger, you need to, you need to smarten up. And, uh, and he would say that kind of stuff to me. And uh, th- th- he'd say things like, you need to straighten up. Anybody parent, did your parents say, you need to straighten up? Uh, they add weird things to it. Like, you need to straighten up or fly right. Like, what is that? Like... That doesn't even make sense. I'm not even flying. But, but as a parent, I've discovered that it's, it's, it's a really interesting feeling when you hear yourself saying words that your parents used to say to you. So the first time I told my, my son, I was like, you need to smarten up inside. I just felt like this dread, like, oh, no, I've become my father. But the other side of me is like just this massive amount of like, just like, Pride, like I feel so empowered right now because I can tell you to smarten up. Like it's incredible. My parents used to tell me, like, you need to smarten up or you need to straighten up. Like if we were on the way somewhere and I was acting up in the car and they wanted me to, to behave properly because we were gonna go in a public, like we didn't eat out very much as a kid. And and on the way to a, a restaurant, my parents would say, You need to smarten up, you need to, you need to straighten up, or we're gonna turn this car around, right? I've said that to my kids. The truth is my parents were trying to teach me that for me to get where I wanted to go, I had to be willing to change. For me to go in public with my parents, I had to be willing to not be a spoiled brat, which I was definitely a spoiled brat. Um, And the truth is the same thing is in our walk with God, that to get where God is calling us, we have to be willing to allow change in our lives. Don't ever get stuck in the rut of saying, I just want somebody in my life that accepts me for who I am. No, you don't. You want someone in your life that wants the best for you. You want someone in your life that will fight for you. You want someone in your life that sees potential in you. And potential means that you're not where you could be yet. Here's what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. It says, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. There, there's, there's a season for everything in life. And this makes sense to us, this idea of, of seasons. But what, what, what we struggle with is, is what's in between the seasons. So we live in Idaho, which, which is nice living in Idaho, because that means we get four nice seasons, and we get, we get a nice uh, summer, it's a hot out, we got H2O Oasis, or what is it, Splash Place, what's it called? Roaring Springs, H2O Oasis is in Anchorage, Alaska. What in the world? We got Roaring Springs. We, we, got, we, got, we got springtime, which is nice here. We get an, a nice fall with cool weather, and we get a, a, good, a good winter with just a little bit of snow, just enough that you get big flakes and snowmen, and they go away. And the deal is with seasons is that we can learn to adapt to seasons. Uh, so in the far north, where, where I'm from, uh, people for, for centuries have learned how to adapt to long, harsh, cold winters. And they have certain ways that they live that they've passed on to their children of how to live through a difficult, cold winter season. 
And then when you go down into the tropical regions, uh, you know, like in Brazil or somewhere, you would discover that people there have learned to adapt to very hot seasons. They've learned a completely different way to live, but they've learned to adapt to seasons. Because the beauty of seasons is they're consistent. And when we know how to walk through a season, we can figure out how to walk through that season the next time it shows up. The problem is in between seasons. That's the difficult piece, is this transition piece between one season and another, which is really no season at all. So growing up uh, up north, I had uh, the privilege, I, I felt honored. My, my dad would take me out hunting um, in the Yukon, and we would fly in every year when we'd go hunting. And we, we flew with the same aviation company. They were called Black Sheep Aviation, which any of my old-time movie people, you know that that's a cool little reference. Um, but we'd go in with Black Sheep Aviation to go hunt moose and caribou. And, and we had the same plane every year. It was this, this big, single, uh, turbo otter plane. It's not, a, not an animal. It's a big plane. Uh, it had about like 1,100 horsepower on this plane. And uh, every year we had the exact same pilot. His name was Ernie. Ernie was not a tall guy. He was, he was uh, about as wide as he was tall. And he wore the exact same green uh, sweatpants and sweatshirt top that matched every single year. The exact same one. And I know it's the same one because he had the same mustard stain on them every time we got on this plane. And Ernie was a, he was a, like your typical bush pilot. He was just a, a character, just, just an interesting guy. And uh, on the side of the pontoon, so this boat would land in the lakes, and they had these two floats the boat would sit on. But on the side of the float, there would be this red tab. It's about this long and about this wide. It's a red tab. And it tells them when the plane has enough weight. When it's finished, uh, when you're finished adding weight to the plane, that tab touches the top of the water. And we'd fly in, and we'd hunt, and, and a couple weeks later, he'd come get us, and we'd load all of our gear into the plane, and then we'd start loading uh, several, sometimes three, four, or five moose and several caribou all into the, into the plane. And as we're loading this weight into the plane, you'd see that tab would just kind of press down right up to the water, and, and, um, and Ernie'd say, ah, it's okay, don't worry about that. We'll just, you know, it can go down a little more. And so you'd put some more, you'd put a couple more quarters of moose in there, and now you got an extra 400 pounds, 500 pounds, and, and you'd see that tab just kind of going down, down, and Ernie just came, he'd be like, you know, as long as you can see that tab, we're good, like, we're, as long as you can see it, we're good, and then, and then the boat, you know, the, these, these floats, they're probably 15, 20 feet long, but as they're going underwater, they, the, the top of the float is shrinking, and, and by the end of, the, of the, the, the loading, we'd only have about five feet of float sticking out of the water, and Ernie would say, that's about it, like, I can't see the tab, and I can't see most to the float, that's probably yeah, probably as, as, as good as it'd go. And, and Ernie would, he would taxi out into the middle of the lake and the whole time you're just thinking, oh dear Lord, we're about to do an endo straight into the lake. You know, we're, we're going to go for a swim here. And he would crank that motor up. That plane would rattle. Every time in about 10 seconds, it would just lift right off the water. But there was this moment between being on the water and being in the air, that was very uncomfortable every single time. It was this moment when we were like, oh, what, is, what is really going to happen right now? Because I feel like we may just go underwater with all the weight that we've allowed on the boat. And here's the deal. In our life, we have seasons that are easy to recognize, 
But we also have these moments between seasons. We call them transitions. We call them moments of change. And these moments are moments that create insecurity in our lives. These are moments that create frustration, panic, uh, maybe even aggression or confusion. These are the times when we feel disoriented by life or we feel that life is unpredictable. These moments between seasons are the moments where we feel like things are unfair or things are hard to expect. And the truth is, is that all of us experience transitions. We all go from being a child to being an adolescent and from an adolescent to being a young man or a young woman and then from a young man or a young woman to being uh, uh, maybe a a married young man or young woman and then to being an, an older man or woman and then to an elder. Like there's these transitions in life. It doesn't matter what your occupation is. At some point in your occupation, you transitioned into being someone who is learning about that about that occupation, and then you transitioned into being somebody that executes what you've learned. And then one day, you will be someone who teaches others how to do the same functions you're doing. We have circumstantial transitions that we go through where maybe life's circumstances have changed. Maybe, maybe just the, the things around you have, have changed. Maybe your location has changed. Maybe your job has changed. We have relational transitions. Maybe your Facebook status just changed. Maybe you were once single and now you're married and that's a massive transition or maybe you're married and now you're single and that's a massive transition we have positional transitions where uh, perhaps you were once uh, working in construction but now you are a foreman learning a completely different skill set and how to lead people or perhaps you were once an educator and now you're stepping into a completely different skill set of being an administrator we all have transitions and more importantly we have inner transitions that happen constantly we have these internal changes, these, these internal shifts in our life where we go from someone who maybe is far from God to somebody who is drawing close to God or somebody who struggles with, with anger and wrath all the time to trying our best to transition into somebody who is a person of peace. I want you to know that these transitions in this series we're going to refer to as hallways. Because hallways are those places between where you've been and where you're going. It's the process of passing from one stage or state to another, from the place where you were to the place where you're going. A hallway is neither room. It's not where you have been and it's not where you're going. A hallway's typically unimpressive. Usually in a hallway, it's decorated by pictures of other rooms or other places in life that are impressive. But the hallway itself is not the point. You never go to your friend's house just to investigate their hallway. But instead, we judge 
others by the success moments in their life, and we don't recognize the hallways in their lives. We're able to see the great rooms of other people's worlds, but we don't see the great transitions and struggles that they walk through. And let me tell you this today, that we all feel at sometimes like we are the only ones struggling with change. The truth is every one of us struggles with change. We just can't see it in other people. And where God is calling you is always going to be a place of change because God expects and he desires more. He not, not even expects, he has more for you. He wants more for you. And to get to the place that God's called you to be, you're going to have to walk through a hallway. You're going to have to walk through a place of halls because that is where God teaches us. Let me say this, you were, you were born at a perfect time. You were born at the right time. Here's what it says in Acts chapter 17, verse 26. This is Paul quoting, quoting an Athenian poet. He says this, from one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their land. What is he saying? He's saying that people are put in specific times and specific places for specific reasons. He's saying that you are here for a reason. And that's what I want to tell you today is that you are here on this planet in the middle of a, of a country that is constantly arguing and bickering with each other, politically polarized. You were brought here to this moment to be a peacemaker. You were brought here to this moment to be the kind of person that can bring the gospel message to those that are lost. You were brought here for a moment in time that you could be a beacon of light in a dark world. You were brought here now so that you could execute with as much excellence as you can every gift and calling that God has placed in your life. He says it like this to Esther. He says, you were brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. You are not a mistake. You're here for a specific time in a specific region. And I would say for you to be able to do all that God has called you to do, and more importantly, for you to be everything that God has called you to be, you must walk through hallways. You must walk through hallways. I would say it like this. Navigating the hallways of life is a prerequisite to a good life. Navigating the transitions you'll experience is what determines how well you will do in life. In the children of Israel are probably the, the best example of, of what it looks like to be a transitional generation or, or to be a group of people that experience a hallway. And so uh, this whole series, Hallways, we're going to be talking about uh, the children of Israel and their exodus out of Egypt and into the promised land. <clears throat> Here's what it says in Exodus chapter 13. Verse 17, it says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and they return to Egypt. 
This is interesting. God said, I'm not going to lead them straight to the promised land because when they see war, they'll turn around and go right back where they came from. But it says this in verse 18, but God led the people around by the way of the wilderness towards the Red Sea and the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt and equipped for battle. He's saying this, that that in order for you to get to where God has called you to be, you've got to be willing to go into a hallway or a transition place because if you don't experience the hallway, the moment there is resistance, you'll turn around and go back to what is comfortable. It's amazing how we'll walk back to being in bondage, back to slavery, back to struggles when we're faced with opposition unless we handle hallways well. As a pastor, I I watch people go through hallways and navigate hallways all the time. I personally have traveled through a lot of transitions in my life. But it's always incredible to me how so many more people die in transition than ever die in the worst winter. I've seen a lot more people lose out with their walk with God in a transition than I've seen lose out with God in a cold winter. It's interesting to me how we can, we can, we can think that, 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 um, <clears throat> that if we would just go back to bondage, we would be okay. Because the truth is you can be in bondage and you can have three square meals a day and you can have a TV, and you can have a rec room, and and you can have church every single Sunday and still be in bondage. But once you let that person out of bondage, the struggle is now that things are inconsistent. What I'm telling somebody today is that God is asking us to step out and embrace the transition moments where the, the things that are provided to us aren't always consistent. It's a matter of accepting a transition matter of accepting transition because we can thrive in bondage. The children of Israel for 430 years, for 17 generations, thrived in bondage. They did well in bondage. They, they, they grew so many that their captors became afraid of them. Bondage is not the problem. Walking through a hallway is the problem. Stepping from bondage into the things God called us to, that's where things are hard. I'm telling somebody today, maybe in your marriage, there's some things that are bound. Maybe in your mind, there are some areas that you're still slave to old ways of thinking. And God is saying, if you would just allow a hallway, if you would just allow a change of heart, if you would just allow me to work in your life, I can bring you to great places. Bring you to great places. Hallways are inevitable, and that's the, that's the interesting thing. They're always going to happen. Hallways are like, uh, it's interesting because change, change is never like, change is never easy. Like a small change in our life has huge effect. Just, just a simple thing will, will change us drastically. And what's also interesting is that, that change never happens gradually, As much as we try to make change happen gradually, it is never gradual. Change is always in a moment. 
There's always a pivotal moment. It's like this sickness that raged through the Northwest over Christmas. Like, like it, it wasn't like this gradual thing. It's like one day you woke up and like nobody was at work. Like we showed up at church and half the church is gone with the flu. Like, like it's just like, boom. Like, like it, change or transition is like the measles running through a fifth grade class. It just happens. And you can't stop it and you can't slow it down. And what I'm saying is that when God begins to provoke change or hallways in our life from where we were to where we're going, it matters that we embrace the transition or we embrace the hallway right. It matters. Children of Israel, they, they, they thrived. They did so well with cold seasons. They did so well in captivity. And they weren't killed by a pharaoh. And they weren't killed by an army. But what kept them in the wilderness was a mentality. Half a million people plus exited captivity in Egypt into a place of transition. And that half a million plus people all died except for two. Because what killed them was a slave mentality, not a pharaoh. I'm saying that we can, we can exit, we can get free from some things in our lives, but because we're still attached to those things in our life, those things can hold us down. We can think that the things that gave us pain in the past, the things that gave us weakness in the past, we can, we can pretend that they're our strength, but the truth is that that's just a coping mechanism to pretend that this is what makes me powerful. What really needs to happen is we embrace transition in our lives. So the children of Israel, uh, they give us three great examples of how to navigate transition or hallways as they exit Egypt because it doesn't matter whether the transition that God's doing in your life is a relationship transition a positional transition a circumstantial transition you're facing it the first thing that the enemy of your soul will do the moment you begin to walk through a hallway of change is he will attempt to discourage you. The Bible says that Pharaoh tells the children of Israel, he says, you guys are just lazy. That's your problem. That's why you want to go out and worship. You're just lazy. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you uh, the same amount of work. You're still producing the same amount of bricks, but you no longer get straw to make your bricks. Now you're going to have to go find straw and you're going to have to make the bricks at the same place. What he's essentially telling them is this. The moment you try to embrace change, things only get worse. But I want you to know you're made for more. Have you ever experienced that? The moment you tried to do better in your, in your relationship, things got worse. The moment you decided, I'm going to start living for God again, things got worse. Because the enemy of your soul will try to stop you by discouraging you. 
That's his, his tactic. That's, that's what he does is he will attempt to rob you of the things that bind you together. That's what straw did. Straw, straw was a binding agent in, in the bricks. And, and he's saying, I'm going to rob you of all, every binding agent in your life, all the faith, all the hope, all the trust in God. I'm going to pull it all away from you. And you're going to struggle to believe that God has a plan for your life. Listen, the enemy of your soul, he's going to tell you that things only get worse. I'm here to tell you today that God has more. God has more. It's interesting that when he removes the straw from them, that that is the final straw. I would say for somebody in this room, maybe, maybe you've tried, maybe 2019, you tried to take the next step, but it just seems like you, you just struggle. It's just like, it's like this, this, you're stuck in this hallway, this place between places. And what I'm saying is like, it's time to just make that the last straw. As the enemy of your soul tries to discourage you, telling you, you'll never have it together. You'll never have a good job. You'll never have a good marriage. You'll never have the walk with God you want. That needs to be the final straw. When you say, no, I was placed in this place on purpose. I was made for more. I'm not just here on accident, but God has a plan. He has a purpose, and he wants me to reach this valley. He wants me to make a difference in my family. The first thing he'll do is he'll try to discourage you. The second thing that the enemy of your soul will do every single time is he'll get you to settle. He tells them this. He says, you can leave Egypt. You can leave. You can go worship God, but you have to leave the women and children here. That's what Pharaoh says. He says, you can go worship. Just don't go with everything. You just need to settle halfway. The first thing he does is he tries to tell them it'll never get any better. The second thing he tells them is this is as good as you'll ever get. This is as good of a life as you'll ever experience. This is as nice of a walk with God as you'll ever have. He says you're going to leave without your women and children. In verse 24 of chapter 10, he actually, Moses says, no, we're taking the women and children. And then Pharaoh responds. Pharaoh summons Moses and says, go worship the Lord. Even with your women and children, you may go, but only leave your flocks and your herds behind. Pharaoh says, you can, you can experience growth, but what you've got to do is you've got to settle for less than everything. There was this thing inside of Moses that said, no, absolutely not. If God's going to do a work in my life, he's going to do a work in all of our lives. If God's going to do something in my life, my whole family's coming with me. Like, I'm not going to be the only one holding the banner now. Like, if God's going to begin something, he's going to finish it. And so I'm saying to somebody, when the enemy of your soul says, yeah, you can live for God all you want, but I'm just going to, I'm going to put some sort of distraction in your mind. Because he doesn't mind if you grow. He doesn't mind if you're spiritually healthy, as long as he can attach some sort of distraction to the back of your mind or the back of your heart that will always keep you tethered to the things that you left in your past. 
And I'm telling somebody today, don't hold on to the, like, don't let him tether you. Don't settle for less. Instead, move forward into the things of God. Like for somebody today, you need to just say, you know what? As a church, we're going to start praying and fasting. I'm going to start, as for me and my house, we're going to pray and we're going to fast. Like as for me and my spouse, we're going to learn to pray together. Like we're going to move forward. Like I I may not be the spiritual leader of my home, but what I'm going to do is just try. Stop settling for less. Here's what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3. He says, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do. I forget what lies behind and I strain forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I'm here to tell somebody today that the enemy of your soul is saying, this is as good as it's ever going to get. And I want you to know that God has more. God has more for your life. God has a bigger plan for your life. Don't settle for less. Don't settle in the transitions of your life. Don't stop halfway and die in transition. You fought through a cold winter. Now it's time to exit into a warm summer. The last thing that, that Pharaoh does in this passage is he, he wants them to leave empty-handed. He doesn't mind if you move on with your life and begin to have a good season. He doesn't mind if you go on and begin to learn how to parent right. He doesn't mind if you go on and learn how to be a good spouse or manage your checkbook. But what he wants is you to go through it without keeping anything from the past. Empty-handed. It's interesting because God says you're made for more. He wants to discourage you and tell you this is only going to get worse. And God says you're made for more. He wants you to settle and tell you this is as good as it gets. And God says you're made for more. And he wants you to just move on and just leave everything behind. And God says you were made for more. Here's what it says in Exodus chapter 12, verse 36. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they let them have what they asked, and thus they plundered the Egyptians. God tells the children of Israel, when you leave your bondage, when you leave that place of slavery, plunder that thing. Take every ounce of gold, every ounce of silver, every good piece of clothing. You take it all. And I'm here to tell somebody today, maybe that's what you need in your life, is to go back into those moments from 2019 that you fought with, that you struggled with, those moments when you thought that you would never be able to step foot before the Lord again. And you need to plunder those moments for every bit of virtue, for every bit of goodness, for every bit of hope, for every glimmer of goodness that God placed in your life. Go back and take those things with you. Don't take the pain. Don't take those things and pretend they're strength. Instead, take the goodness of God in the middle of the pain. Take the blessing of God, the mercy of God in the middle of those things. Take all the the bad and plunder it for what God is doing this next year. Because you're walking into a new decade whether you want to or not. Like, I remember the day when I thought I would never turn 40 years old. And guess what? One day I woke up and it feels like it was a day ago. 
Like I'm saying, life moves on and on, and it's not time to just sit and stay, stay stagnant and stay captive by the things we've been struggling with for 20 years. It's time to transition well into the things of God. Here's what the Lord says to the children of Israel earlier in the story. In chapter 3, he says, And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. When you go, you shall not go empty, but each woman shall ask of her neighbor and any woman who lives in her house. And it's interesting that he says this to the women. He's actually talking to mothers because there's just some fire in a mama. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just don't mess with a mama bear. Like, I don't care how kind she is, how sweethearted she is. She a bear. She'll tear your face off. And he says, mamas, this is for you. Listen up. He says, he says, each woman should ask their neighbor and any woman who lives in her house for silver and for gold jewelry and for clothing, and you shall put them on your sons and on your daughters, and you shall plunder the Egyptians. God's saying this. He's saying, look, you're going to move into a new place. Like, you're going to step through this. This is just a transition. This is just a season of change in your heart. That's, that's all that's going on right now. But what you need to do is take every bit of gold and silver and good clothing and put it on your kids. Because when your kids show up in the promised land, God's saying, I don't want them to look like they were in slavery. Mom and dad can come, can show up looking tore up, but the kids are going to show up like they're privileged kids, like they were never slaves, like it's not in their past. And I'm telling somebody today that maybe you just need to plunder some things from your past and say, I'm just going to put the blessing of God on my kids. I'm going to move forward into the future because I'm not staying where I once was. I'm moving into everything that God has for me. You got to get dressed for the future. That's what he's saying. Plunder the past. Put on their gold rings and chains. Ah. Move forward. If the band would come. I, I don't know if you've ever been going to a wedding and you're dressed in a suit, but you stop at Dairy Queen on the way to the wedding. You know what I'm saying? Like You walk in in your pinstripe suit, your polished shoes, but you at Dairy Queen. Everybody else is wearing sweatpants like Ernie with a mustard stain. And you're like, I don't, I don't always wear a suit. But when I do, I go to Dairy Queen so I feel better about myself. Because you're dressed in a suit because you're not going to Dairy Queen. It's just a stop on the road. Being from Alaska, I, I always thought it was funny how in the middle of winter, 40 below, dry, cold, no wind chill, nothing, just 40 below, burns your face. And when you show up at the airport, there's always a family on the coldest day at the airport they've got on flower shirts and they've got on Bermuda shorts and they got sunglasses on their head and they got flip-flops on their feet and like don't you know like have you not lived here long enough to know that we wear parkas and we wear sorels 
And they may not fit in at the airport in Anchorage, but they're not dressed for the airport in Anchorage. They're dressed for their destination. They're moving forward to somewhere that they're not there yet. And when they arrive in Hawaii, or they arrive in Tahiti, or they arrive in Mexico, they're going to fit in just fine. They're going to look like a tourist, but they're going to fit in with all the other tourists. I wonder how many of us need to be willing to move into the future and stop putting on the things that look like right now. You may be in a discouraging season, but maybe you need to put on the armor of God because where you're going is not where you're at right now. You may feel like, but you don't understand, I'm not the spiritual leader of my home. And I would say this, but still, put on, put on some rings, put on some clothing, like pick up your Bible, pick up, begin to read some devotional, like, like talk to somebody, say, hey, I just need to know where to start. Like, how do I lead my family in prayer? And that's being, that's being a hypocrite. That's not being true to yourself. And I would say, no, it's not. It's being true to where you're going. Stop being true. Stop being faithful to the old version of you. Sometimes you've got to dishonor the old version of you if you want to move into the new version of you you've got a willing you've got to be willing to move forward with what God's called you to do and where God's called you to be if everyone would stand here's what it says in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 it says for I know the plans that I have for you says the Lord they are plans for good, not for disaster. To give you a future and to give you a hope. So I'm wondering today if there's somebody who you've, you've just been walking through what feels like a hallway. It feels like a moment where things just don't make sense. And I'm here to tell you today. God has more. So lift your head up and keep on moving. God has a plan. I grew up in churchy church. I, that's how I grew up. And sometimes I just feel like we just need to respond to what God is doing. And I think we, I think sometimes we can just make things too clean. Because there's one thing I know for sure. That God is bringing hallways into our hearts. Areas that have to change. And if you're going to be walking through a hallway right now, if you need God's help with it, I'm going to invite you to come down to the front. And I just want to pray over all of you that are in that place. If you're in a place of a hallway, place of transition, going from where you were, where you're going. Come on down. There's not going to make it weird. We're not going to embarrass you. None of that. I just believe there's power when there's a physical step that goes along with a spiritual step. So right now, all across the room, why, why don't you lift your hands out towards these ones? We're going to pray God would strengthen them as they walk through hallways. So right now, Jesus... Lord, I come against every attack of the enemy that would discourage right now in this moment. Every lie of Satan that says it's only going to get worse. 
I rebuke you, devil. You've got no place in these lives, in these minds, or in these hearts. You have no authority. Discouragement be gone. There is more. And every desire to settle, every lie of Satan that says, you've got to settle because this is as good as it's going to get. It's never going to get better. I command that right now. Be gone. It's not true. There is more in store for you. God has authority and power and blessing for your lives. Plunder the past. Take every bit of discouragement, every bit of hope, and pull out the goodness that God has put in those dark seasons. Every dark night of the soul, you've got no place in this church family. Right now, God, we surrender to you. We ask you. We ask you to move in our lives right now to lead us, to guide us, and to help us walk through hallways well. You're a good, good father. Thanks again for listening to the message today. I know God has been speaking to some of you, working in your life, and I want to encourage you to take the next step. Respond to what God is doing. And if you're not sure what that is, bring someone into the conversation. We would love to help you with your next steps. You can email us, reach out to us on social media, or better yet, just come meet us on a Sunday morning. If you want to find out more, go to our website, thecelebration.church. On that note, let's continue to love God, love people, and change the world.